I'm not nervous. I just got a. <laughs> I just got a message from Siobhan. Was it a picture message? It, it was some very fragrant words. Perfect timing, Siobhan. That's why she did it. <laughs> hey, kids! Welcome to Toxic Masculinity with Ian and Stuart. This week we have our friend Jalen with us. We're going to talk about some more stuff and see what kind of trouble we can get ourselves into. What's going on, Stuart? What's going on, Jalen? Hey, how's it going? I want to be the first to say uh, I ain't trying to get into trouble unlike y'all two. I don't get houses and like good jobs yet. So a nigga not trying to get fired anytime soon. So I'm not trying to get in too much trouble. Uh, uh, don't don't put me in trouble. I, you are two white guys on a mic. Y'all be fine. Uh, no, 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 no. My ass, the way black Twitter is going there. I'm so sick of niggas talking on podcasts about this particular stuff. God, I'm going to get me him the fuck up. I'm, 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 I'm here uh, as I'm, 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 I'm like your editor. I'm like your auditor. I'm here to make sure yeah. things are good. I'm here to make sure that, you know, oh, I can still hang out with you after this in public. Whatever, dude. Settle down there, Pinky. Oh my god! Oh my god! Oh my god! Dude, that was so funny that day because Alicia was like, "What does he mean by Pinky?" And I was like, oh. <laughs> "That was so good. That was great." Oh my god! All right, man. So you came on and you were talking to me this week. You're like ready to go off. So like, hit us with some stuff so we can have a nice conversation from your perspective. You're younger than us. You're obviously black. I guess the first thing is like. And you were even telling me this back when we were hanging out around Christmas time. Oh, don't, don't get how, me in trouble already, just to beat Well, Nick, motherfucker, I, <laughs> like, what's up? Oh, I'm, oh, like, and how you're not dating and that you're living vicariously through me and everything. Oh, yeah, I'll yeah. be real. I'll be real for y'all. This shit sucks. I, I ain't gonna hold you. This shit Dude, sucks. That's why this. I'm not doing it. Like, I, I don't actively date. If I find someone and we converse and something happens, that's one thing. But I don't actively date, dude. It's too messy. Not interested. I'm being I real. I just, it, bro. I don't know how you're doing it. I get bored. Like it's so. I mean, I'm also pansexual for the uninitiated and the guys around Ian's age who don't really know what that means. Just think of like bisexual advance, like or like super <laughs> like expert like, bisexual, like, like, <laughs> like the like you know how there was a Game Boy and now I'm like the the Game Boy Advance, you know. <laughs> I'm yeah, the yeah. pansexual that's SP. Awesome. Like I'm, I'm the bisexual SP. That's that's what yeah, I mean. Like, I I'm got a, you. I'm gonna need. That. I'm gonna need that as a T-shirt. So dude, uh, I'm just yeah. curious. <laughs> I'm just curious, man. I know what it's like da- trying to date at my age. Stuart does too, even though he's got somebody now. But you know, we had to try. We had to go back through all that. What is it like for you? Like, what is it? What is it like? I mean, even even as a pansexual, you have so many more options. Double the bullshit. Potentially, of course. <laughs> Of course, always. I will say, we'll triple if you. Never mind. After dating in the world, every gender is terrible. Humans, yeah, yeah. as possible, are just fucking terrible. Men are just slightly a little bit worse, but they come by it more honestly. <laughs> they come by it more honestly. 
Like, it won't be hitting you with. Is that because you expect man to be worse? Oh, no. It's just that we be thinking with our dicks. (laughs) Like, we be thinking with our dicks and don't be having, like, and, like, considerations and even with like i think a misconception a lot of people see with like gay dudes is thinking that they're very feminine and like that and in acting yeah but they're still like they're dudes they still have a man brain they still think and move like men dude i know i know plenty of gay guys that you would never guess were gay like former marines like jack dudes like mohawks and tattoos on their heads and stuff they don't look it like they're not they don't put out the effeminate stereotype that people think of because the like large muscly the guys opposite. Are, the large muscly guys are never gay that's right yeah i have i have friends like that yeah. too and i think that's a um <clears throat> it's a weird trait of average men that they automatically assume that all gay people mm-hmm. are um camp yeah and fay and all of that kind of thing which is just not the truth no, people are people, man. Yeah, because I, I, I know plenty of straight people that are more in touch with their feminine side and a little, you know, more camp and things like that. And that's it's not nothing to do with their sexual preference, I don't think. It's just no. kind of how they are. But that goes along the lines of toxic masculinity. I think is that weird ideal that you automatically assume gay dudes are not real men and they're camp and all of this bullshit. If that makes yeah. sense. Yeah, I agree with that. Jalen. Yeah. What do you think? No, it makes sense. Hell, I would and I fall for it too. I saw this one dude. Uh it's in the Disney like he's in the theme park community. I ain't gonna call him out by name because well, the motherfucker won't do anything. But like <laughs> He probably gonna get say some shit about me at a bar. Or oh, some shit. probably. He ain't, he ain't finna get on no mic. But like, I saw like his Valentine's Day photo with this girl, and I'm like, big dog. I ain't know that you touched pussy like that. Like, I didn't know that you like. <laughs> I ain't know that you were that you were that you were that you were out here like that. I didn't oh know that God, you were out in these streets. I didn't know that you were eating pussy. I thought you were at at, at least like. Like you would flip to that side of the menu sometimes, but you were always on the dick side of the menu. I didn't. I hey, look, I I didn't. I I know like that that, and that's on me. Like that's on me thinking because this guy has like this very effeminate way of dressing, and on top of that, the girl was very attractive. He was a howdy. Like he was like, how the hell did he get this war- woman? And. <laughs> This man looks like, and currently there's a howdy situation in my life that is fucking me up, and I'm not going to talk about that. I'll talk to Ian about that after, because oh, you gonna bring it up and just let it fall like that? Come on, man. She gonna she gonna cut my she gonna cut my nuts off, like like she gonna cut my nuts off. It it's it's something that I have to deal with, but like, no, it's it's a tough thing to see. And one thing about like gay dudes like everybody thinks that oh gay dudes at least like the super feminine gay dudes want like a guy to be like like them no they are attracted to raw masculinity like the more muscles like the more brutish like the more like they want to be pounded into dust like they 
there's some that like that like these. Sorry, Stuart, I mean, Stuart, Stuart never heard me talk before. No, no, Stuart's never talked to you before, so I expect a lot of facial expressions. <laughs> Stuart never seen, you know. I'm sorry, Stuart. Uh, I'm a little more unhinged because it's Black History Month. I'm during Black History Month. I, I don't, I don't care what the fuck comes out of my mouth. That's it's my time. Fair enough. Cool. Also, I don't know if you guys have that. Um, I have a, a, a. We do, I think, in the UK, but it's not the same it would be in America and Bro. It's definitely not here in Northern Ireland. It's uh it's like Stuart, we, we need to talk about something real quick. Yeah. This guy was talking about last night trying to get me to change times and I was like, dude, he's out with his girl. It's Valentine's Day. You know what this dude says? Uh-huh. They have that over there. <laughs> I didn't know what the fuck you were gonna do. They clearly don't have seasonings. So I don't know if they oh, oh, that's rough, dude. You're being a little rough with the Irish over there, bud. No, I know. Like the Irish is probably the the Irish are probably the best cooks on that island. Like it's the one. The it's always island, the like I'm just saying. The only- like it's them in like Scotland. Like I don't know who the fuck. Nobody cares about the British. Nobody cares about the UK. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'm, I'll ride for Ireland and Scotland Dude, all day every day. Yourself canceled for talking crap about the UK now. Just so <laughs> they can, hey, they can suck my dick from the back. <laughs> Some of them might, <laughs> and suck a fart out my ass while they back there. Oh, I'll be man. good, goddamn. That's like, Dude, what, so what the like, queen gonna do to me? Oh, she's dead. I don't know. So, dude, what about what about you? Like, seriously, what about dating for you? Like, with the younger scenes, like what, your friends and stuff that are your age, people you talk to. Like, what is what is it like? What are the well, like I, know it's I hear from mess, but I like I was hearing what you know Stuart was saying. I almost fucked up and called him Scott. My bad. Uh, <laughs> the wrong country. Stuart was saying, like where you like you meet women and you hear these horror stories from them, and I just be sitting there like niggas really be like this, huh? Mm-hmm. Like it's and that's what I mean by men come by it more honest. Like men definitely come by more honest and it's just cause we're stupid. Like we're going to just, we're going to blare it out and think it's okay. Like, I don't know why anybody in their right fucking mind would like the first thing they do is throw the dick out like that. Like that's what they are looking for. I, like my nigga, they are, they are people, not fish. Put your little worm up. Like they ain't here for that. <laughs> yep. Exactly. They Seriously. ain't here for that right now. There is time that you can get like, like hearing like listening and taking consideration and what the things that they're interested to. I hear that. Like if you even just trying to get to the buns, it's mad easy. If all you do is listen and act like you care. Well, like even if that's all you're here for, like if you listen to them and like the bar is so low on the fucking floor. Well, the thing is too, they're not, they're not used to people actually taking an interest in them. So even if you're, even if you're talking to them, just knowing them as a person is the reason I always like Stuart. I think too, like we say, we just talk to people because we just have, we have a general genuine interest in learning about somebody. Same. So I don't know, like people might fake or do that, but I don't think people are taught that. I don't think, I don't know about your generation. I, from what you say to me, like, I don't think people know how to converse. I know in our generation, it's like gone. It's like a lost art generally. It's hard to find people that talk like you should sit and just talk to somebody and be genuinely interested, ask questions about their life. I think Stuart mentioned this stuff the last time we talked to you, but I think um, people aren't used to that anymore. They're just kind of there for what they want. And they're most people I've noticed are listening to jump in and say their portion about them. It's not so much a back and forth all the time, but if you can find somebody that will listen 
and somebody that's listening to you, that's cool. I think that's definitely true. I think in a lot of ways we have figured out how to communicate on a healthy, like on a much more healthy level and try to explain some kind of boundaries and shit like that a little bit more. And that's more in the forefront, especially with not scaring women. Like at least that I was taught, I mean, I'm a six foot one black guy. I was taught the one thing you don't do is scare white women. And so like, that's, (laughs) I'm so not lying true. to you. I know it's so I, true. I'm laughing because it's so true, man. It's a nigga can't even walk in the Grand Floridian with people acting like a bear just walked in the room. Yeah, no, they be looking at us like, like I shit you not. There was one time I walked in, and this was the one that pissed me off the most. Like it's a fifty-fifty if I walk into a Disney like hotel and people yeah. look around like, why the fuck is like, like I'm a bear, like I'm in a building and I'm a bear and like, what the fuck is he doing in here? And one time I went to Caribbean beach and they looked at me that way. And I was like, motherfucker, I should be looking at y'all like that. I'm a black dude with dreads. I'm good theming motherfucker. I don't know what the <laughs> hell you, I don't know what the hell you people are talking about. They love me at Animal Kingdom Lodge. <laughs> they love a nigga at Animal Kingdom Lodge. <laughs> They love a nigga for a wilderness. Like, I don't know what the fuck you talk about. They love me at French Quarter in them. But your ass is over here at Caribbean Beach looking at me like it's strange that my black ass is in here. Bitch, you ain't supposed to be here, Bethany. You definitely like, Black History Month, bro. Oh, like, it's, it's a different thing. So, like, one thing, at least for me, and it's weird because I am, like, I, it can't, it was like, I had a weird epiphany that, like, I was dating, like, the girl I've been dating recently for, like, the past three months is like white she's brazilian but she's white and it took me a minute to like realize because i always said i'm like i I don't want to date a white woman just off of the cuff of i'll fuck one don't get me wrong i've definitely i've I've definitely yep i've definitely you know Uh made the vanilla the, the vanilla chocolate swirl but like i'm I'm not going to date one. I'm not going to take one to my mother. I'm not going to, because I don't want to make my mom feel bad about that kind of thing. And I also don't want to. Is that like, a pressure your, your family has on you? It's not even so much that, because my mom wouldn't admit it, but I know that she wouldn't like it. Especially yeah, yeah, with, that's what I'm asking. If there's a pressure on you that even if it's unspoken, do you feel a pressure on you from your family to do that? I wouldn't even say it's so, like, I think yes. And like, there's a bit of an obligation there, but yeah, yeah. <laughs> It's also like if we end up having an argument or something like that, I am conditioned naturally to not rile up white women and not have, so I can't stick up to, for myself as much. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I get that. There's, there's like, there's a ba- there's an imbalance there. Yeah, yeah I cannot sure. stick because God forbid some cops get involved, and next thing you know. Y'all motherfuckers marching down Church Street for a nigga, and I'm like, I know, dude. I'm not. I know. Tr- I know. I'm not trying to have that. And that's the thing that's such a throw off. And then there's also another part of it where it's just like, I don't want to be that nigga. Like my brothers, my brothers. Well, and this is a great joke by, by, by Chris Rock. And ever since I heard it, I'm like, this nigga is speaking facts, but there's some black dudes out there who will push Beyonce out the way to get to Rachel Ray. Like, they will knock Beyonce's ass out of the way just to get to Rachel Ray. And it's like, Rachel Ray is, like, at best a fucking six. But Beyonce's Beyonce. Like, they will completely go through them and be like, 
they will prize white women over there. Like my little brothers are like that. Like they won't even go after like black girls as much. And it's, and, but they will prize these like mid tier white women. I remember seeing my little brother's first girlfriend for the first time. And this heifer looked like John Denver. Like, <laughs> and nigga was sitting there just like a Jamarcus. Like, and I have like, I like nobody's ever going to be good for my siblings in my eyes. And yeah, yeah, there's only course. been a handful of them. There's only been a handful of them. You guys are both family to me. I I understand that, even though I don't really have any blood siblings, but I get it. It's just like you. I'm like, this is the bitch you're going pretty near, nigga. Why? Why do? Why? why, I'll be honest. This whole conversation is shockingly alien to me. Yeah, yeah, that's why you're uh, Oh, really? The Scottish white dude is, is no, Irish. 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 My bad. Irish. Irish. My don't bad. do that. They don't like that. My bad. <laughs> I know, I know, I know, I know. My bad. Think Stephen from Braveheart, not Mel Gibson. Yeah. <laughs> um, Why the fuck was he in that role? <laughs> it's oh, uh What why I, I'm, I'm having kind of my brain's kind of freaking out, going, why why would your brother's prize a white woman? What the fuck is that about? Really, Mr. White Man, you want to know? Yeah. Because yeah. your country is the one who started all. How do you mean? Like, you guys made, like, Europe, like Europe especially Britain, made whiteness this, defu- like, this de facto thing. Like, this thing mm-hmm. that you prize yourself after. And so... White women especially, and because it's so much of like a pride thing, there's some things that have to do with it where like we were heavily bullied growing up by both sides. Like we were too white for the black kids and too black for the white kids. And we yep. were somewhere in the middle. Yeah, and a lot of and a lot of our bullies, you know, were like black women, because black women, especially at that age, aren't opposed to like talking mad shit about you in front of everybody. Like yeah. they will light their ass up. And with me, I never really thought much of it because, like, if you fine, you fine, baby. I ain't mad at it. But, like, it for them, it's also like a status thing. Like, having a white woman, having a white woman is like a status thing. And it's a huge thing in Jamaica, too. Like, you'll see these Jamaican dudes with, like, a white woman who could be considered very mid Whoa. by white standards i know even and, like the more spanish islands they're like the lighter skinned people are a little more yes. like sought after and held higher regard and stuff i've heard that from people i don't know it for fact but i've heard it from people from no, the islands and that nationality so Colorism yeah it's weird is a huge uh, it's thing. it's also interesting to me that you're more timid about white women and they are like after white women just to put it plainly and simply you know what i mean yeah it's weird like they they go after white women a lot. And it's not even so much the fact that they don't think white women, black women are attractive. Because in our group chats, I'll send in different things or we'll be like talking and everything like that. But I remember this one time we went to a McDonald's and we had the drive through. And there was just like, and they're talking about like, I'm on my phone. I'm in the backseat. I'm on my phone. We pulling up to McDonald's and they're talking about how cute this, like the, the girl working the register is and everything like that. And I'm like, I'm on my phone and I look up to see who they talking about. And the girl looked like a bag of peeling potatoes. Like she looked like a bag of Bob Evan country gravy. Like, I would just tell it plainly as it is. Like she is not an attractive woman at all. So if they thought she was attractive and you didn't, that doesn't mean she's not. She's just not to you. Maybe. 
Yeah. It's I think it's more so the fact that I've seen the women that they find attractive and like these I can put very beautiful black women in front of them. Yeah. And they'll be like, eh, and then they'll give me the most mid white girl of all time. I would yep. like to point out that any woman that has access to McDonald's fries and burgers. Mm. <laughs> Potentially. I mean, is that Potentially. Potentially. A man likes to be fed. It's a weird imbalance. And I see a lot of black like men pull up with like the most mid-tier white woman. And it's not even just me coming from me. I remember hanging out with this older co-worker. Like it was me, and I love hanging out with old, older black co-workers because they have so much game to teach you about the world. I and, like old people, man. They're fun to talk to. And like this old like this old black woman, she was like really going in and she was like, half the mixed kids that I know at this school got ugly white mamas. And I was sitting there just like Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and here's the thing, and here's the thing that you'll like learn about like like think look at the TJ Holmes situation. I don't know if you guys know about like the brother who got caught cheating with that white woman at uh Today Show. No, it was no Good Morning America. Yes, yeah, Good Morning America. I know a little bit, but not that much. But she got off completely scot free while he was being demonized and seen as just like this player and all this kind of shit. When it takes two to tango, they both are cheating on their spices, spouses. But she was getting away from it. But she's from an upper echelon family. Yeah, I mean, at some point, some of these conversations, even though that you see them from a specific perspective, and I'm not saying it's all not one way or the other, but a lot of it, too, is also like class related, too. You know what I mean? I would say that, because yeah. also, maybe part of the reason people chase white women is because they see it as a class jump for some people. Yes, very like, much in general, so. Not just a trophy, but like an actual class jump potential for them. Maybe it's both. But I mean, like I'm saying, I, I think it's a class thing that because like you're saying, like this white woman's on TV and stuff and she's getting away scot-free, but she's also for money, probably more than he's got. Yes. And there is there is a ruling class in this country, so to speak. So there so is, speak. but so, yeah, I don't know. That's just a thought I had off the top of my head from listening to the conversation. The thing is, it just goes back to slavery times. You're not going to get the good parts of the pig. They're going to throw you the ones that they like. We all know what has happened in this country when black men date white women and us being demonized for that and us having that like stigma put against us as these rapists and these brutes and everything like that. But at the same time, there are certain white women who are able to date black men and get off completely scot free as opposed to the TJ Holmes situation where. It wasn't even just one particular outlet or maybe even women going after him. It was everybody and their mother dogpiling this man. Meanwhile, this white woman who comes from money gets off scot-free. That's because she comes from a good family. She's from a good part of the pig. While niggas are only supposed to get chitlin. Don't forget, though, either, like, the whole Loving case was a white dude and a black woman. Like, a woman of color. Yes! So it's the other way around. So the case that is the biggest case was involving the opposite, which is... But it's okay if it's the opposite. It's not. Yeah, that's the point, though. It wasn't okay. They had to fight for that. That's the point of the loving case. I think nowadays, at least in the circles that I talk to, with black men, black women, things about that. I'm not. I'm just. I'm just listening and uh, learning. yeah, yeah. Yeah. Is that if you are white, you are highly prized. 
And if you if you are white, you are prized. If you are black, you're fetishized. That's what ends up happening a lot more. And this is even in like gay circles. Like if I go on Grinder, mm-hmm. only reason my ass is getting hollered at is because they think I got a BBC, which they're not wrong. But like, <laughs> so you said there that um, white people are prized and black people are fetishized. Do a lot you not, more. Do you not think that? White people fetishize black people and black people fetishize white people? I definitely think it does, but I think fetishization comes from a sense of more power. Whereas we're like trying to ascend to something while it seems like a lot that it's a novelty for some people. The fetishization is more of a novelty. Yeah, I was going to say, I think it's it's more novelty or taboo, maybe just because. Well, I think it's a power thing. Can I ask you a question? Yes. Have you ever dated anyone not from America? Oh, yeah. My very first girlfriend was Caribbean. Uh, I dated... She's from Canada. You wouldn't know her. I'm sorry. Just kidding. (laughs) Oh, no. She was um, from Antigua. I dated one dude from the Virgin Islands. So technically that's U.S., but it's the Virgin Islands. Yeah. Uh, I dated a girl from Venezuela. Like, I've dated all over the place. And, like... Did that make any difference? Does it? Oh. Did you notice any kind of difference in your attitude to kind of what relationships and how the power dynamic between them is? Well, for me, the most part, it has always been, I treat everybody the same. Like if I'm into you, I'm going to treat you well. I'm going to take you out. I'm going to be nice. I'm going to understand your interests because I genuinely want to get to know you. And in that particular role, like it doesn't feel bad at that sense, but there's certain points where it does feel like if I did date a white woman, that if anything, it's more so like a protection thing. Like there's a bunch of other like stuff around it as opposed to me. Hell, maybe even bringing home, um, like bringing home a dude, like bringing home a white woman is, is different. And I think it just comes back to the social hierarchy that we have here in America where like white women and a lot of, a lot of people can see that they're trying to get rid of black love. And that's one huge thing in the community right now that we've been actively talking about for a very long time, which is this mythical version of black love. And and a lot of it is modeled after like white love in the sense of... For those of us who don't understand what you're talking about, can you explain black black love? love? Yeah, please. It's it's fucking black people who who date and marry black people, nigga. Like, what the fuck? <laughs> okay, black yeah, love. Yeah, okay, that makes sense. <laughs> that's just I see. But wait, wait, I I come from okay. I come from a country that has a lot of division, but our divisions are uh, based on religion, and yeah. we're all fucking we're all fucking white people. Do you know what I mean? I don't know if Jalen yeah. knows how Ireland split. Do you know how Ireland split, Jalen? No. Yeah. Okay, so Ireland is split between Catholics and Protestants. Okay, I could have guessed that, yeah. Yeah, but, um, I mean, they're, they're, you know, we're predominantly white. Um, but, so there is, there is that division there. And it's, you know, there, there used to be a thing that, like, um, Protestants stayed with Protestants and Catholics stayed with Catholics. And even up until very recent, I mean, I, my, uh, 
my ex-wife, we started to go out 20 years ago. And I can remember when we first moved in together, kind of going, where are we going to live? Because she's Catholic and I'm Protestant. And I'm talking about this was 2003. Jesus. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Because it was only 10 years before that we were killing each other over this shit. Jesus Christ. Yeah, dude. Like, and also, they're still, their country's still split literally by country, too. There's Northern Ireland and Ireland and Northern yeah, Ireland. We, but we still, have a, we still have a weird border situation. Split, yeah. That's the whole thing. Um, so I understand, I understand the, I understand the kind of split in your cultures and things like that, but I didn't understand what you meant by black love. But I understand now it's very similar to what we would look at as kind of keeping it within your own community. Pretty much. And yeah. that's... Yeah. Which is fucking madness. Yeah, it's crazy. Like, you fall in love with who you fall in love with. It doesn't, I don't think it matters a fuck who, what they look like. Do you know what I mean? It's more your, so... Your brain and your heart doesn't know what. Your brain just goes... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It doesn't really matter. Do you know what I mean? And from my point of view. People are looking at it from a sense of... Well, of course, men view sex as, I mean, a lot of people view sex as domination. And that if you see a black girl with a white man, that the baby's going to turn out to be, I mean, half white. And then the baby's probably going to lean more towards white men or white women. And eventually they have no more blackness in them. And that's what seems to be the thing is erasure. And that's why they like keep everything inside of the family. But that's the thing about being black. It's like... How is that? I, can't, I don't understand that as a... <clears throat> okay, I'll put that, that, that same thought that you're... That I can understand where that argument and thought process comes from. Because we have a similar thing here. Where um, we have a thing that's in... The thing that stopped the violence here is a thing called the Good Friday Agreement. Okay? Huh. One of the tenets of the Good Friday Agreement is that if Northern Ireland has a majority Republican or Catholic majority, then they will, they're allowed to call a border poll and we will vote whether or not we can join with the rest of Ireland, become one country again, leave the UK, all that thing. So it's kind of, so there'll be a lot of, oh, you, you don't dilute your Catholicism. Which kind of sounds similar to what you're saying. Don't dilute your blackness. That's essentially what a lot of people look at. Like there's this guy called Dr. Umar, who is just this big like man of pan-Africanism and blackness, and he just does not subscribe to like interracial relationships and okay. things like that. But from my from my point of view, as a as a I mean, I was married to a Catholic. I'm a Protestant. But I'm not really, because I'm a giant fucking atheist. So, um, <laughs> yep. Uh, yep. Uh, I would be very moderate on that, and I'm like, that doesn't make any sense. Why? I mean, we we all came from the same fucking place. It doesn't. I don't understand why you would want to put rules on who people can see based on weird demographic situations. Do I understand how America got to that point? Uh, has got to this point. I absolutely understand it. Kind of. Well, I don't understand it. I can see it, but I don't understand it. It's fucking stupid. Yeah. But 
Um, it di- I just don't understand how you can people still think that that's a, a reasonable kind of viewpoint. Because if if we if if I was to say that, if I was to say no no no, white people should not be fucking anybody. White people and keep their whiteness all fucking power and strong. It'd be a whole thing. <laughs> It'd be a real whole thing. It would be a about whole punch- thing. Talk about, about getting cancelled. God damn it. <laughs> we talked about punching those people last time. Yeah. <laughs> um yeah, dude. I don't know. Like I What did you what's your thought on that? J- I know ahead. there was a lot there. Go ahead, Jalen. No, I, I don't get me wrong. I think that like you should date who you want to. I just don't like the whole prizing of one over the other. But I also see the I understand the whole thing about having black love because if you are not in the community and you haven't been affected by the years of just the black family being deteriorated, whether it was by the war on drugs where, you know, a lot of black men were ripped away from the homes or with government subsidy programs where they made people be poor, but also the only way that women could get a lot of support from the government was if they had to say that there wasn't a man living with them like this is great 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 this is great youtube um video i actually watched by this great youtube channel she's great her name's um i think it's intellectual media and she does all of these like coverage of like different black things throughout history and one thing is about the mythical version of like black love, which is based off of the mythical version of the white middle family that was from the GI Bill. Like I, we, I don't know if you know about this, Stuart, but back in the 1940s, after World War II, soldiers who fought in World War II were able to get in on this thing called the GI Bill, which basically took them from being poor to being right up in the middle class. Like they, they get, came they back, got, they were able to get loans for houses and that. Yes. They were able to get money for houses and things quicker, but black soldiers were not. Surprise, surprise. So we were limited in that. And so everybody seems to want to be chasing that American dream, that white picket fence, that one black woman and one black man. And a lot of it, and this is the thing that she pointed out in the video, a lot of it was coercion or just shacking up for the sake of shacking up. or. Like some moms just didn't want the kids in the like you're 18 now get the fuck out I'm throwing you at a man like that was I got enough mouths to feed like that was just what it was and what was expected of like you just either got sold down the river if you did find love fine but even back in the day it was just like just find a guy who's not fucking abusive that's what you want and who makes enough money to take care of you. Fuck if you don't give a shit about him. And then some people, and this is a huge problem in the black community, they think prayer can remedy any motherfucking thing. There are three things in the black <laughs> yeah, community. That that's, just not, that's not just the black community. I don't know. Prayer, that's ginger that's, ale, and lay down. Yeah. Like That's the three things that can like heal Bro, anything. Ginger ale and, is truth. Don't, don't be yeah, don't, so don't. Hey, hey, hey. <laughs> Whether it has a placebo effect or not, that shit works. But Ginger ale saltines all day. And I can understand it because I'm a product of black love. I'm a product of everything like that. And I can understand why people would want to hold on to black people because we've been torn down and pretty much rendered or tried to be a silent minority. They want us to just kind of disappear into the background and be quiet and not be proud of what it means to be black. So it's a more... 
like holding on to your community and trying to yes your community it's very much than, to, yeah okay that's cool and right now we're more on the sake of collaboration and the whole kill your masters thing like we're more on to that whole thing which has its own problems and taboos with it like the whole like the being part of the black bourgeoisie or part of being like the back like getting in on black business that's another huge thing that's going on and when you look at the data it just can't happen if we didn't we missed the boat with the gi bill we have been limited by so many things in this country and around the world that it would have to take a major 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 thing like reparations to put us on the same playing field as everybody else like it's just not going to happen you can save a few niggas but you're not going to be a major revolution yeah though the way I heard it put once is uh, somebody said, imagine there's a race and there's, there's two men on the line. The way to make the equivalency is to imagine right before they start, the black guy gets shot in the leg. So they yep. might have, quote unquote, started the same, even if you come up with that argument, which is not true either. But that's how it is. And they're trying to make up all that ground. I thought that was pretty, pretty well put. And it's easy to see in your head, too, for some people. I don't Fucking know. What do you shot. think of that, Jalen? Fucking shot. That nigga got Kuta Kente. They chop his foot off. They broke his legs, like, yeah, and you probably, gotta crawl, like it's. Yeah, but like, I'm saying that was the way I heard it. Put. Yeah, I forget who said it, but that's the way I heard it put, and I thought it was pretty well said. And it's more so holding on to community and not wanting to be a racial. Now there are definitely black men and black women who see interracial dating as pulling away from the culture, and I have two cousins that are siblings to me, and they are products of that, like an interracial relationship. And surprise, surprise, it didn't go good. The mom just, it wasn't a good situation. And my uncle, he kind of got a bad deal from this woman. Like, it just wasn't a good, and that's, an, I guess that's another hesitancy to that, because I just don't want to bring that back up to my family of, like, well, the first time a nigga brought a white girl in here, that shit ain't go so good. So we're going to limit it. And this girl in particular I'm dating is trans, too. So it's... And that makes it a little more spicy. Like I'm adding another caveat on top of it. Like, oh no, this nigga bringing in a, a white trans woman. Not, like, not to get too personal, because like, is that an issue if you bring if you bring home a trans person too? Currently, with because I, I don't know. Like I haven't met your family really yet, so it's weird. It's weird, particularly with my mom. My mom sees me being pan. Or dating somebody who's like, if they're trans and passing, I don't think my mom would give a shit. Gotcha. It's when they're noticeable that she'd probably have a thing to be worried about it. Or like, she doesn't even like the fact that I'm pan, just not even the fact that she finds things to be like, like she just doesn't get rid of it. She doesn't want another caveat. Is that because she's worried about your safety? Yeah, I'm a black man already. I already got two counts against me. So she's like throwing another thing on top of that. She's like, I just don't want to see that's so like, fucked up, dude. It's crazy, right? Like, and she just doesn't want me to get so, into any more trouble than what might throw my way. And I was always telling her, like, look, if these motherfuckers are gonna kill me, they're gonna kill me regardless. Like, it's just what's one more reason? Like, I'm already they, if they're gonna hate me, they're already gonna hate me. I'm I, I'm already I'm already pissing against the wind. Let me go ahead and just jump right in. So since I don't really know your family, I'm just curious, like what kind of relationship was modeled to you when you were growing up? Like what kind of things were modeled like grandparents, your parents directly, black anybody love. that. A that's black it. woman. Like, yeah, but yeah, woman. I get that. But I'm not talking. About, I'm talking about like details. Like were they are your parents like my parents are like best friends. That's the way that was modeled to me. 
like they get along really well. They do everything that they can together. You know what I mean? Like, I don't know what's modeled to different people. So I'm just curious, like what kind of relationship was modeled to you? What did you see growing up? Even aunts, uncles, grandparents, anything that affected you? It's weird. Almost just like the one thing I don't like. And one thing is just like the man always has the final say about everything. And like, that's the thing. I think that's fucking stupid. Yeah, I don't do that. I don't, I don't like that. I don't like that. And, but that's a very much a black thing where like, this is one thing niggas will not tell you. And I'm technically supposed to say this on the mic. Cause <laughs> I don't know if you ever saw the movie barbershop, but it's like when Cedric oh, Entertainer goes, I about to tell y'all something. I know I ain't supposed to be saying this in mixed company with white folk, but Rosa Parks, like Rosa Parks ain't had no business. The only reason why Rosa Parks only mattered was because she was the secretary of the NAACP. And like, <laughs> The only reason why black people, especially black people, black men, like vote Democrat is because it's for black people. They don't, everything else is a fucking toss up. If they care about gayness, they are some of the most homophobic ass motherfuckers. They can be very yeah, but misogynistic, the, but they're yeah. homophobic out of fear. And I think this is a masculinity thing that I wanted to bring up, and I'm glad we finally got to it. It's because of all of the rape that took place in slavery. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know if you knew about this, Stuart, but there was this thing called buck busting. And buck busting would be where they would take the biggest blackest slave and mm-hmm. rape him in front of the entire plantation. Basically, as a psychological move to go, we can do this to the strongest one of you. You people are nothing. You are ours and ours to have. When you were on the slave ships going over, everybody had pickings. It wasn't like. And movies and stuff, they always show like women and children and things like that. Men also were raped as well. So needless to say, black men are very homophobic in the sense, if you see niggas... I have never heard, I've never heard that before. I'd like to point that out. My jaw literally is on the fucking floor. No, it was a very real thing. And it was done. And that's why so many black men have like this this super hyper-masculine attachedness to their masculinity because it is 100% based off of insecurity and fear and not insecurity in the sense of just like, oh, some niggas called me gay, ha, ha, he, he. This is trauma. Trauma can be passed down. Yep. Just like you can be scared of a snake and like you can see a baby be scared of a dog or a snake and never, that baby never has seen a dog or never has seen a snake. That's passed down trauma. It's generational trauma. It's a... Is generational trauma. And so a lot of black men, because they are homophobic, they are generally like, we have a, we came up with a whole term, no homo, because you couldn't, niggas couldn't tell each other they loved each other. If yeah, you yeah. did anything that was seen as gay, it was no homo or pause. Like growing up, I heard no homo so much. Like, hey, I, bro, did too. I, I love you, no homo. Nigga, I didn't think that it was homo until you said some shit. Like, <laughs> Oh right, so you can say I love you, but it, you have to caveat that with not not in a gay way. Yes, <laughs> not, not in a gay way. way. Not a gay. That way. is so, so fucking. My what, favorite what? thing. Go ahead, Jalen. Oh, my favorite thing to do when like I was like with a with a black dude, and you know I'd be going down there every once in a while. I'd just be I just pulled out, just be like, hold up, hold up, hold up. No homo. Or like afterwards. <laughs> afterwards. Afterwards. No, no homo. So wait, wait. Um, what kind of, so we're talking about like the, uh, the homophobic <laughs> stuff and everything. What is some of the toxic masculinity stuff you've seen modeled in, the, in your community 
specifically oh like your time. But, but let me finish that you disagree with and have basically revolted against and don't do. No, it's weird. Like one of the huge things that I mean, definitely no homo for like for sure. The whole not wanting like niggas just got to the point of wanting to be able to hug each other, but they always have to do it with like the side. You can't just go. Yeah, you gotta do the. You gotta, do the, hug, you gotta do the side way in, and God forbid a nigga don't do the side way in. You'd be like, nigga, are you gay? Like it would be my. And I'm seeing it with boys like now, like two boys. Like I was on a field trip. Like I was on a field trip today. And two boys were like, one kid came up to me and was saying that one kid was just calling them gay because they were just sitting there chilling together. And it was from a black boy calling them gay and everything. Then I'm like, I'm not fucking surprised. Because yeah, it's all just, over hip hop too. Like depending on who you listen oh to in hip hop. Yeah, it's all God. over hip hop too. So like what kind of stuff do you, do you actively try to like resist following? I think it's, and I've always been sort of somebody who pushed back on doing what my like family expected me to do because i'm big and black they expect oh you gotta play football i'm like i don't fucking care about that shit it's boring my nigga like you lucky i like to play basketball but i'm not gonna i like books <laughs> i like engineering i like technology yeah 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 i like comedy i like shit like that like i don't fucking care about you niggas and your goddamn balls like both in a like <laughs> well what do you do but not those way. balls not the sport <laughs> balls like, like nigga, i don't fucking care about that shit like it's just boring to me but yeah, I think it's also that and just like whatever quote unquote what it meant to be a black man and like having the caveat of learning what your blackness is and figuring out your pitter patter do that. Like that's another huge thing. Like it took me to like 18 years, like 18 years into being black to figure out what it like to just be okay with being black. Because if you speak a certain way, black people go on to say like, oh, you you bougie, you acting too, Bob, you doing this, that, and the third, and you being white. But like, my definition of blackness is, would a cop shoot me? If the answer is fucking yes, I'm a nigga. Like, it is just... Yeah, man. That's what you. it is. That's what you. it is. It doesn't matter. Like, it, it all comes out in the wash. If I look like that, if you see me walking the Grand Floridian and people look at me with fear in their eyes until like they actually open my mouth and see that I'm okay, I'm black. Like it is, it's not about like so much having the cultural thing. This is a great movie that came out. It's a horror movie, and I wish in some way, shape, or form they can get it inside of um Halloween Horror Nights one year, but it's called The Blackening. And it's oh, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Think of like Jumanji. It came out last year. Think of like Jumanji. But the thing is, it's a group of black people and the gimmick is they can't all die first. It's yeah, a horror yeah. movie. They're all black and they all can't die first. It's good. I haven't seen it in a long time, dude. I barely remember it. That's it feels fun. like forever. And in order for them to like die, like they have to, to do their best not to die is by being the least black person there. And they start throwing out where like, <laughs> I've never seen an episode of Martin. I've never, I voted for Trump. Like, it's just like doing a bunch of different things to like prove that and like learn what your blackness is. This also, what is it? There's like a great movie. It was a series, it was a book, and then it was a movie, and then it was a series. And it was called Dear White People. And a lot of people think that that was aimed at like white people. No, no, I watched that that movie. If you watch that movie, it's definitely aimed at black people and their blackness. It was a show too, right? It was a show. It was a movie. It was a book. It was a movie, and it was a show. And you could tell it was written by niggas because it was tons of fucking typos in that bitch. I was Dude, reading through it. 
<laughs> I, I watched like, the show. It was Christ. actually really good, man. I really liked that show, actually. And it shows different types of blackness. And the type of black that I would like to be and that I try to be is Oprah black. And that was one of the levels of blackness. <laughs> Oprah black. Oprah, well, black. Oprah, <laughs> Oprah will go to symposiums. She will host, like, she'll have fucking French gardens and French cuisine. But she will sit up there and eat collard greens with neck bones. Like, she will still be a nigga. Like, just because she does quote unquote white stuff, that doesn't mean that she doesn't, that she's not going to be ashamed of doing black things or things like that. She does what the fuck she wants. She yeah, dude, but I mean, there's been things. So the thing is, too, like, I get what you're saying, and I'm not saying, I'm not trying to say you're wrong, but I mean, there's so many things that are just, they're seen as one thing, and it kind of goes back to like, like masculinity and all that stuff too, because it's seen as this one specific thing, but it's not generally that way. Like a lot of dudes see, they'll pick a historical figure and they'll not see the soft kind of caring side of them. They'll just see the rough side that, that, and they'll just take in the shallow part and not the full person. So they base their masculinity on something that's thin and a facade for them. And it's based on shallowness and not the whole person. Definitely. So like Patrick Henry was this like tough guy. All these people want to be Patrick Henry. He played the flute, dude. Like, how is that <laughs> tough guy? You know what I mean? It's they don't take in the whole person. They just take in the facade or for them, the facade is becomes just the shallow part of the tough guy and not the rest that made the full man masculine. Nobody likes to look at the full picture of almost anything. I That's what I'm anybody. saying. So like Oprah yeah. Black might be like, she might be eating all that stuff and be Southern with her food and all that, like country and all that, and then be doing the cool sciencey stuff and the symposiums and being rich and throwing money out and gifts to people. But like, it's just her. That's just like the culture that yeah. came to her, the various ways. So I, I think Stuart and I brought this up last time too, but I, I think being cultured is very helpful for people too. Like being trapped, not, I'm not saying it's bad to stand up for your community or anything like that. Being trapped in one spot and not being exposed to stuff, at least, is dangerous. Mm. I would definitely say that. I think I'm lucky to be out here and yeah, interacting dude. the way that I, I do with so many people and travel to the places I've been. And I also look at it the same way as just some black people don't get the chance to do that. I mean, yeah, they a lot definitely of us don't. Are part of the poverty line. A lot of us have been screwed over, and that's just around the country. Like, yeah. shit. Africa is one of the most nutrient-rich places of all, like, resource-rich places, and half of its citizens are poor as fuck. Yeah. Like, the original citizens are just poor as fuck, just off of, because everybody steals from Africa. Everybody makes money off of Africa, except for Africa. Everybody makes money off of Jamaica, except for Jamaica. Everybody yeah, of makes course. money off of fucking hip-hop and rap and all of this stuff, except for us, but I also look at it with, like, the masculine conversation of just certain, I think it comes back to ego, and I've seen so many black mm. men I've seen a lot of men, but a lot of black men need to save face and have this ego and like they have to fight. And we're very like, this is across the board with us, but we are very like respectful based. Like we're very respect based. We're very respect based and we're okay with showing some emotions other like than others and anger and feeling like you were disrespected is one of them. And a lot of men get into a lot of fights. And I see this across the board, but a lot of men get into fights about stupid shit. Like one of my favorite series of all times is The Boondocks. And The Boondocks breaks this down perfectly. It's called a nigga moment. And Ian probably knows this episode, but a nigga moment is when two reasonably black men get into an altercation into something stupid. 
and petty and dumb, but their ego is so wrapped up into it. It's like, no, I got to show my manhood. I can't let that nigga pump me. I got to do this and third. But then it ends up snowballing into worse shit. Like it's F. But is that not just man? Like, no. is that not like toxic man? Because a lot more, I have definitely seen that. I was going to say, because it's kind of spread that way. That's also part of the division in this country is people, people can't take being proven wrong. They won't accept it. You can't tell somebody they're wrong and then prove it because they'll just argue with you more. Well, you know, you are the country that came up with alternative fucking facts. So no, dude, I know. Jesus fucking Christ. But I'm saying like, even on, on either side, like you can't, you have to be like a little manipulative to change somebody's mind. Like the lines in this country are just, people are digging in so hard and dudes are specifically like rough about it. Like how, how many times do you get to see like, yeah, I'm saying like, I think that what you're talking about is spread to everything. And it's yeah, been a long sure. time coming because there's been like hardcore bands from the nineties that I listened to. And they've been talking about how like all the rich people and the politicians just like to keep everybody else fighting so they can do what they yep. want and not, and nobody pays attention because we're all fighting over stupid shit. So I think that like pushing this whole thing too, like masculine, like these dudes with the shallow kind of view of life and they're just tough guys and they can't be wrong and they have to be right all the time. And they're going to do it by like getting in your face and this and that. Like, I think that is all kind of a product of some, like at least some of this stuff that's happening. So, I, I mean, people, um, how many times do you see people literally just standing in the street and then some dude will come up because they've realized they're gay or trans and just yell in their face? Like, what the fuck, dude? You know what I mean? It has nothing to do with them. It's, it's nothing, it's not- dude. They're just angry over nothing because they don't like that person because they were told not to like that person. I will say, I think for the and long run. Well, their, existing, with- oh, their existence ahead, also is like basically a middle finger to their face because of what they've been told yeah. about different people. Yeah. Is it because they feel threatened? Yep. And they don't understand and, then, and, and they're, they're scared. Fragile kind and of they're, ego. Yeah, they're fragile. Like, it's like, oh my God, I'm looking at a dude, I'm attracted to them. And I'm gonna be real with you. Just come out. And I think I think that's another problem with a lot of like with a lot of queer men in the black community of dealing with that. And it just goes back to the whole buck busting thing. They don't see it as a thing for pleasure or for frivolity or for fun. They see it as a, they see sex as a domination based thing. And a lot of, I think white men can get over that fairly easier than black men can because there's not all those traumas. Me personally, I could fuck a million white dudes, but in my early odds, but when it was to like get down with a black dude, I felt like it was wrong or that I was doing something dehumanizing or and it took actually having my first boyfriend who was a black guy who made me see that. No, it's just like anything else. Yeah. Yeah. It can just be as fun. It can just be as loving. It can just be, you know, something good. And this guy was like a Texas, like he was all like, he was just all American Texas, black boy quarterback, all this kind of stuff, like just this very beautiful guy and yeah, yeah. everything that you would think of a strong black man and a strong Texas black man at top of, on top of that and how he was raised and everything. So and he was about him. He was the one who really just, but I wouldn't put it past him that he is a strong, he's strong as just about anybody else. Like he is just a guy. So what does masculinity look like to you? Like, how do you try to model it? Like, what do you, 
like do? What do you try to do to better yourself to like be a like a a good man, basically? Like, what does masculinity look like to you? That's a tough question because I don't. I don't look at. Oh, go ahead. My bad. I was going to say because Stuart and I had this talk, and the way we started the whole show is I don't think there's one definition. I think there's traits. I think Stuart agrees with that. Mm -hmm. I think there's traits, but I don't think there's a singular definition to masculinity. Maybe this is my new generation looking at this in yeah, the yeah, post-queer yeah. world where we're breaking down gender on a whole different spectrum and looking at human. Like, yeah, yeah. don't try to be a good man. Don't try to be a good woman. We can't even define what the fuck a good human is, but we want to skip over and define what these gender roles are. Fuck that. Be a good fucking human being. Yep. A, like, a woman is supposed to be caring and nice and takes care of their family while a man is supposed to, you know, go out and provide and do all that kind of stuff for their family and care about that. Fuck all of that. Nigga, like you should do that because you're a good fucking human being. A woman is supposed to cook and clean while a man is supposed to take care of all this heavy duty stuff. No, these are life skills that anybody is supposed to fucking know. Fuck the whole, this is what a man's supposed to do. This is what a woman's supposed to do. This is what masculinity is. This is uh, masculinity I think should be anything besides just presentation that is it it's how you like just certain traits of something physical and even then that's not even so much skin deep I think my generation is is like I had a group uh, like a conversation with like just a group of my friends from all over and like define what a man is and the niggas couldn't do it what the fuck is a man what the fuck is a what the fuck is a man? Oh, a man does this. A man does this. A woman can easily do the same damn thing. So come up with something else. Like yeah, it's kind of my point. It's not based in anything besides our own need to have division and separate things. I think a dog can understand if it's female or male or not. But dogs are just going to do whatever the fuck a dog wants to do. It's not going to be like, oh, I'm a fucking man. A nigga's not supposed to do this shit. Like, no, it just fucking exists. A male dog is going to, a male and a female dog are going to hump the same goddamn pillow to mm-hmm. death in the same goddamn way. They're still going to chase the same things. They're still going to bark if they feel like the owner is being threatened. They're still going to do what the fuck it is. They don't just like, oh, well, girl dogs, they shouldn't be barking like that. They need to be dainty and this, that, and the third. <laughs> no, nigga. My, I don't know who the fuck just rang this goddamn doorbell, but I ain't about to, f- but they about to fuck around and find out. Like, yeah. it's just the thing that it is. And I think we as human beings have evolved past that, but because we still have these compartmentalizing monkey brains that we need to make sense of the world and put a label on everything. And I do think there needs to be labels for everything. And even my generation, we're trying to figure our shit out. We're trying to figure out what the fuck we are. I actually think there's too many labels. I think people try to subdivide things too far down. It's not even so much. Well, I'm just saying like, just speaking generally about labels, like I think general labels are fine. You have to have ways to like define things, utilitarian ways of defining things. But I think like, just to make it a little lighter, like in the music world, there's like just in like metal where I come from, there's like 20 fucking genres. Like just it's fucking metal. Just chill the fuck out already. Like I don't need to know 50 different versions of like one thing. It's just that thing. You know what I mean? Like that's just a person. I don't give a fuck what 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 person, what people they're attracted. To. I don't. It's just a person. Let me get to know that person. You know what I mean? Like there's too many. We try so hard to like break things down to like the most minuscule useless things. It's not utilitarian for us at all to use half these words and labels. It's stupid. It's just more reasons to argue in my opinion. 
That's just my thought. I definitely think it's that. I think if we could live in a world where we can just look at the definitions of those and just take the definitions of it. And I think that's what a lot of my generation is trying to do and just being like, I'm this. I'm yeah, polyamorous. Dude. I'm this. And so like that's all you gotta be. It's just like, oh, I like fucking multiple people. I'm pan. This is what and no stigma with it, but Yeah. I agree. Even inside, the, even inside like the different pockets of the community, even in the fucking gay community, there's also masculine stigma. That's, like it's that's what I'm saying though, because it becomes like even inside the gay community, you get bears, then you get twinks and you get cubs. Like it just keeps dividing and dividing and dividing. So like the I understand there is utility to some of it. And I'm not saying that those particular things are wrong. I'm just saying, like, my point is that things just keep getting more and more divided. Like, it's just it's yeah, not beneficial. I can see that. I can see that. Like, it's- I get it. And you like cubs? That's cool. I know exactly what you're talking about. Yeah. Some of that because people, people feel protected and more comfortable with people that they see as the their own group. Yeah, for sure. There's always, well, there's also, because I mean, I can, I always, I mean, I grew up, I was, when I was at school, I was quite nerdy. Surprise. No way. Theater kid, you know, all that kind of stuff. You kind of hang around with your own group of people because you knew they're not going to give you shit. And you can see how those groups separate out because people feel more comfortable being themselves around other people that understand what the fuck they're going on about and aren't going, what the fuck are you reading books for, you head kiss? Or, do you know, why are you listening to that band? They're terrible. Or, you know, <clears throat> you should only be listening to John Denver or uh, pick someone else. You've stuck John Denver in my head, by the way. Jalen, thanks for that. <laughs> um, Starting to feel like a freak go- now. <laughs> uh, but, you know, I, I can understand why the groups appear but the other flip side of that is you have to recognize that, you know, you're all, we're all kind of fucking people and yeah. get on with dude, it. Everyone, and I think that second bit is the bit that a lot of people seem to fucking forget. Dude, everyone's an anomaly too. Like everybody, no, nobody makes sense. In the end, nobody makes sense. You look at a broad picture of a person, they don't really make sense. Like the stuff I'm into makes no sense together. Not a single bit. Yep. But it's who I am. I mean, shit, I'm a nigga who loves theme parks. I'm a nigga who loves fucking Disney. That's just rare. I came up in a hardcore, in hardcore music. I like theme parks. I did both of those simultaneously. I did biker shit for a while where I had to abide by like that subculture's rules. I have done the most. um, I'm a musician. I studied jazz. Like I just, the shit that like, it doesn't make sense. I went to art school. Like I was around, I came up hardcore. I went to art school, studied jazz and record production. I was around theater people and singers and all this shit. Became a biker. I was in a, an organization that did that. So I had to all learn all the rules of that subculture. I am in the theme parks. I'm in the community down here in theme parks. Like, it just doesn't, it doesn't make sense. But it's who I am, you know? Like, I'm covered in tattoos. I do, I lift weights. I was, like, super into iron sports, even though I don't compete. Like. Everyone is anom- is an anomaly. Like shit doesn't make sense if you look at the big picture. It's just everybody. You like what you like. You know what I mean? I think that's one thing that I like particularly about you and and you. And it's like everybody in the community sort of has like this representative or this sort of face and want to carry themselves in a certain way. And I kind of see it with like 
my black Disney friends. Like they feel like they have to carry themselves in a certain way around people. And there's definitely code switching for survival where we have to switch yeah, up yeah, yeah, how yeah, we talk and how we act. But for the most part, the same shit that you see me say on Twitter, I'm going to say out my mouth in person. Like, I'm nah, just you're pretty like, genuine, you dude. Hit- you just Stuart's really hit. genuine, too. Like, Stuart would never type something that he wouldn't say to my face. Like, Stuart's a really genuine guy. And I think that just comes down to being fucking human. I think that, like, if we could put down the labels and the walls for five seconds and just say, this is who the fuck I am, and this is how I'm going to be. And again there's some places where you do got a cold switch and you can't give them that personality. You got to give them another personality or you got to, you know, I'm not. I mean, it's more, it's more drastic because of the culture and everything that you come from, but we all do that to some extent. Like we all do a little bit of switching. Like I don't go into my office when I first started with the boss I had and be like, yo, fuck this. Blah, blah, blah. Like my boss currently, I can talk to him straight up. Like, I don't have to, I don't have to watch what I say. But then when I go back to emailing somebody, I got to go back to corporate speak. Yeah. Like, hey, tame and feel like a two-year-old. I hate that shit. Hope this finds you well. Like, it's, yeah. it's. But yeah, it's I weird. mean, I, 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 I know it's different and I don't want to seem like I don't, I'm not aware of that, but I'm saying like, we all kind of do a little bit of that in our lives day to day just to survive because yeah. there's, there's just things that are expected. There are places I refuse to do that. so. I'm sure there's places Stuart refuses to do that and mm-hmm. is just himself. I'm sure you do that as well, Jalen. Like there's places where you're just like, fuck this. I'm just going to do what I do. It's that's been the defining trait of yeah, my entire life. I've always just said, I'm going to do what the fuck I want to do. And I, I told know. my family straight up, I'm going to be where the fuck my family look at me halfway crazy. You're going to Japan by yourself. Yeah. Nigga. Cause I want to. Yeah. Like you want to go what you want to work in a, you want to be an imaginary what the fuck is that niggas can't be no imaginary we don't know what the fuck that is i'm like yeah no, we just saw that dude with that fucking floor that yeah, we had like 120 like something fucking pat, like patents and thing. shit that's the thing in the community if you don't see what if we don't yeah it has to be a proven track record of success and that's why everybody talks about like becoming a rapper or being a basketball player because we know that to be true like you and yes blackness the most lucrative thing that we can do is an entertainment Sure. And we see these people giving back to the community in that way. But a lot of people don't look at it on the ground floor of, oh, here is uh, fucking Jay-Z does not run the bank, nigga. He just drops shit off there. Like, you need somebody <laughs> to run the bank. <laughs> yeah. You need niggas to bake bread. We need niggas for car and, like, for all this stuff. We need niggas for every... And, like, the best thing, one of the hardest things you can ever tell your boy is... Look, it's time to stop rapping and get a real job, my nigga. Like, it's time. Like, that's one of the worst things that you can, like, that's one of the hardest conversations you can have. Cause, yes, you want them to have a dream, but it's like, nigga, stop rapping. We need doctors. Yeah, dude. Nigga, you got like, we all fucking need doctors right now. You got great SAT scores. Like, you, you, nigga, you could be a mathematician. Like, you can still rap on the side if you want to, but we need you to get a real job and actually contribute to some shit. Like, it's a, it's a tough thing to have, but just growing up my entire life, and it took them a while. Like, I knew I was finally respected when I'm by my uncles and everything. Like, the one thing about Jalen is he's going to do what the fuck he wants to do. And, yep. like, this is always what I've been telling them my entire life. I'm going to do, do what the fuck I want to do. That's what I And, do. like, I'm going to still be a nigga, and I'm going to still come through here, and I'm going to still love y'all, but I'm going to do this quote-unquote white shit. I'm going to get on the mic and talk about it'd be the boondocks version of park stop. Like I'm going to get on the fucking, I'm going to get on the horn and be a theme park guy who talks about, and just 
is a nigga. Like, that's just what I am. Like, me being 100% black, me saying the N-word, me cussing, me making pop culture references to all this kind of shit. That's just what I am. And I don't even look at it. Like, there's some niggas that might look at me sideways because a nigga likes musicals. It's like, well, la de fucking da. I knew you guys grew up listening to a Hukakuna Matata. Y'all watch the same VHS as I did. Just because y'all get bigger does not mean you have to, like, shed that thing that makes you happy. And I think that's one thing that our generation is doing a lot of. Like, this well, is- your, your generation is also a little more open to the arts and stuff like that. Like, some, they try to take that from you guys, too, at some point. I don't know if you know that, but they try to cancel a lot of the stuff out of schools. But they tried. Well, I wouldn't but I'm say saying so like, much. but I'm, I'm just saying like being exposed to art, like and even how music is nowadays, like watching these dudes that are admittedly self-admittedly just listen to hip hop and then they start listening to this other stuff and they like it and seeing all like music right now to me is awesome to watch because it's all blending into one thing. Like people are taking from everywhere. Like there's a metal band called Electric Callboy from Germany. They mix German techno with heavy stuff and they're fun. Like it's not, it doesn't sound dark and angry. They're fun, but they play heavy stuff. I, I sent you a song, Stuart. I like but dark and angry though. So they, they, you know. they, they, they'll play all this double bass stuff. They have the screamy stuff and then they have like these jumping around like party parts. Like it's crazy and it works. Like seeing all this stuff just get blended more and more is what I like to see. Cause even. My old band, we mix we mix a little bit of rock and metal and jazz and all this stuff into like this melting pot. And a lot of bands I listen to and new are mixing stuff. So I just use music because it's what I know, but it's what I see a lot of culture is like what's happening in a lot of cultures, especially like in Orlando where we are. Like when you come out here, it's very blended. I see all the time the city lights up in rainbows during Pride Month. Like it's so crazy down here. It's so different than the rest of the state. Is that because of the tourists and the it's because everybody comes here for the parks and moves here. So we have, it's yeah. like a small international place here in Orlando. We have people yeah. from, there's UK grocery stores and stuff like that down here. There's all kinds Same of thing stuff in Tampa. Here. Yeah. Yeah. Tampa's actually become pretty much like that. I haven't been out there that long, but it was, Tampa when is, I lived in St. Pete, it was, I lived in a ghetto. Like it was really bad where I lived. But even if I look at Google maps now at the house I used to live in, it looks, oh, really, God, it it looks nice. Oh God, the fuck out there. Yeah, it looks nice now. They justified the fuck. That's a that's fucking. Uh, you are right down the street from like the marina and everything. So pretty down there, dude. I, I was right down the street from the high school is where I lived. So when I grew up, I was just near the south side, and nobody went to the south side, and there was no kids my own age. The closest kid to my age was thirteen, I think, and I was like five. It makes it makes sense that like when you're exposed to something, at least earlier, like I was exposed to a bunch of different cultures earlier because my mom. Mm-hmm. Won a lot of lotteries to put me in some some of the best public schools, mm-hmm. and just being surrounded by so many different cultures and things like that. And like Miami, a big metropolis areas down here, those are where you're going to see a lot of diverse people because mm-hmm. people have just been tr- moving to Florida recent years a lot. But even growing up, like we have had tons of. Like down by Bush Gardens, that entire Bush Boulevard. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That makes sense. The the Arab folks came through and that's their spot. That's their spot. Like they have so many mosques over there. They have little, like they have their grocery stores over there. But you also have tons of like niggas and Puerto Ricans and all this kind of stuff over there. Like it's a mixed melting pot. And it's weird. It's weird to see like, at least on the masculinity tip where I see a bunch of different I get to see the different styles of men 
and what they need to be. And I think, especially with like white, young white boys nowadays, I think young white boys nowadays are the most impressionable and harmful bunch. Because like how you were saying that more and more of you guys are starting to get worked up over the fact that just like with the political climate right now and you're digging in your heels with ignorance and shit like that. I knew a kid who his freshman year of high school was just this edgelord kid who would get on these like, and the real problem is the internet. The real y'all y'all know what it's like to be twelve years old and thirteen and feeling like the world owes you something, and that you're just angry. What well, what they're doing to a lot of these young boys is dudes like Andrew Tate and all the other toxic yep. masculinity dudes, like these white nationalists. They go to these white guys and like these are the people who are taking the things from you. It's your birthright to have all of this, and they're ripping it away from you. Well, they're also taking this away from you. So that was kind of those kind of guys were kind of the. Uh, the reason I had this idea to talk about this stuff, I mean, I'm sure we're not the only podcast to do it, but I don't think those those kids, I don't think many of them have anyone to look up to. I don't think they have no. anybody to ask questions to or talk to or hear no hear people talk openly about like like maybe they're super hard. Like, look at the way I look. I'm covered in tattoos and have a beard, but I'm also into artsy stuff. Like, you know, they don't have that kind of stuff modeled to them necessarily. Mm. I think um being told that like like look at all the like andrew tate stuff like all the dating things that those guys do and say it's all shallow it's all shallow it's all game it's like you always have to you have to have money you have to have this you gotta have this car you gotta have this it's all shallow it's like thin and i don't they don't they don't really have anyone else to go to like there's nobody really even the center that i've seen much of and not many people on the left like it's always that red pill side of shit there's a little bit of black (laughs) on the Oh, shit. There's definitely yes. people to go to. The oh. problem is those fucking cunts yeah, are yeah. still front and center. They're loud. That's what yeah. I'm saying. Like they're still the biggest group, and those kids feel like they belong. That's the other thing. People don't feel like they belong anymore to things. So they're gravitating towards. It's it's like how you grow how to grow a cult. Yeah, you know yeah. What I mean, it's 100 percent that. Yeah, I yeah. see it every day with these young kids. I mean. Well, people naturally want to belong. So yeah, like you naturally want to be, be part of a group, you're social, whether you like it or not. So, but when you're mentally weak at that stage where you're Mm -hmm. angry, Mm -hmm. where you're upset, where you're in like this weird quasi ugly form of being like a teenager, where you're not an adult and you're not a kid and you're this weird other middle thing and you are angry and it's like, why are you not popular? Why don't the girls love me? Just down the third. And they get into your ear. This kid in particular was a white nationalist. Like he would treat Mm -hmm. me, he was on our science club and he would always treat me and like my, he would treat me and my friend Justin like shit. Mm -hmm. And we were seniors and we could mop this boy up and down the street, but he would treat us like shit. He was always talking about how he read Mein Kampf. This man on Roblox had like, oh, like he made Columbine videos, like mock-ups of it. Like, and he's just one of many. He's just one of I didn't read it yet. I just heard about it today, but I heard about a study that's saying, uh, that says the more trauma you experience, especially the younger, you kind of grow up faster. You know what I mean? So a lot of people that don't have a lot of trauma in their life, if they're, if they're having like an easier quote unquote, easier life, not everybody's life is easy. Um, but if you're having an easier life and you grow up and you don't experience a lot of actual trauma, you're a little slower to grow up. 
but the problem is that those those people that if that study is true I, I haven't read it yet but if that study would be true then that would mean that there's a lot of people that are like 21 that are still like thinking like a 16 year old because they haven't had to go through shit infantilized because they haven't been yeah like i i think the study I mean, I, again i haven't read it fucking well no that it makes sense because um parents definitely in the last couple of decades cuddle their children a lot more yeah, don't let them way. fucking do anything for fear of some shit that might happen where me and you Ian, definitely were <laughs> thrown out into the fucking street and told to fuck off and come back when it's dark yep pretty mm. much and you kind of fended for yourself and that was it but when if you don't have that growing up then you get to adulthood and still think that the world owes you everything and you're fucked. Do you know what I mean? At the same time, y'all kind of fucked us over. Like, the streets ain't safe. And I think that's no. the problem. The streets, like, everybody's like, oh, kids don't go outside anymore. One, you made it, like, you don't Bro. want them around because you find them annoying. Dude, and two, dude, dude, things are street- way crazier nowadays. Jalen, the streets weren't safe when we were kids. There just wasn't no. social media, dude. In like, the neighborhood in St. Pete, dude, listen, listen. In the neighborhood of my St. Pete, there was a knife fight in my backyard. Jesus. Right out my back window. The neighbors next door, there was two sisters that I was friends with. Some dude literally tried to break into the house while everybody was home in the middle of the night, dragged them no, out, raped them. Me. My friend down the street, Chris, his his stepfather got drunk and tried to chase him down the alleyway. To my, He ran to my house and hid. The dude had a butcher knife. He was drunk and trying to kill him. Like, it's not, it's not that they're more dangerous now. It's just more publicly known and seen. There's more yeah. cameras. There's more things. Crime is actually lower now than when we were kids. Yeah. My childhood was growing up with the army on the streets. Yeah, I was going to say. And, Stuart especially. Yeah. And people, you know, bombs every couple of days going off. And you're kind of going, we got pretty good at going, that sounds like it's in Belfast, um, which is kind of weird. Um, and I can remember being like maybe 10 and sitting with the army guys who are hiding in the bushes and going, let me hold your gun. He's going, he's going, fuck off. Well, actually, sometimes they would let you hold their gun. That was pretty fun. Oh, um, my fucking God. But, that, but yeah, dude, but, I get yeah, what you're dude, saying. It's, I get what you're it's saying, Jalen, but it's different now not... because of the media influence on that, yeah. where there's so much fucking fear and influence. It's mental. So everyone's living in a permanent anxious state. Do y'all think the reason why parents are coddling their children more is because they lived through some fucked up shit like that? And they that's nothing a child should have to fucking go through. I think like so. In your backyard. Like, yeah, I think you're right. The, it's the trauma out of that. And they're like, I, might, I don't want my kids, like, I want my kid to have a better life than what I have. And I don't necessarily think that's wrong. I do believe in the great Walt Disney quote, every young person needs a kick, kick in the teeth. Yeah, I love like that. everybody needs something world breaking. I had that when I was like in fourth grade when my mom was diagnosed with heart disease and she was almost ripped away from us. Like that. Yeah. Yeah, dude. I mean, that's like every kid has like, an, and that just woke me up and be like, oh, I can't. I gotta stop being a selfish little shit. Like that made me become I spent more spent most of my childhood myself. in hospitals, dude. So I get it. 
it's everybody does need a good kick in the teeth, but I also don't want kids to have to go through rough shit. I don't want them to, I'm around kids all the time and they go through these very rough situations that nobody should have to fucking go through. I see kids come to these schools without, with holes in their goddamn feet. Yeah. With I mean, smelling like they, they have not bathed. They have poor hygiene. There is some things you do have to let kids do on their own, though. Like, I mean, I, I don't want to see kids like hurting for money or food or anything like that or like getting seriously hurt. But they do need you do need to like like we went through hell. I'm not saying they have to be yeah. on the same level, well, but they do need to go through some shit. But I, I understand from like, a certain amount of experience on this. Yeah, exactly. I, I've, go two, I've got two girls. One of them is uh, 10, turning 11. One of them is three years old. The first one was born uh with a very rare genetic condition um she's got disabilities she's also got autism she's got a lot of shit going on so i was the world's most fucking mental helicopter because i just wanted to protect her from yeah, everything yeah, but now at 10 years old she's scared of everything and i'm trying to unravel yeah. that madness yeah, yeah. Where she, I mean, we've taken her to Disney a number of times, and she won't go on a ride because she's like, fuck, that's going to fuck me up. And I'm like, well, you know, it's perfectly safe. I'll go on it, and we'll go on it together. And she's like, no. She, she's so scared, and I firmly believe it's because I didn't. You're Damn. supposed to let your children fall over. Yeah. So with my second yeah. child. That's a good way to put who's it. Who's three. I made a very conscious effort not to do that. So if she fell over, I was like, Are you, I mean, for example, I mean, she is, she's three years old and fucking mental. She uh, is. She's awesome. I love her. <clears throat> she fell off a, a bar stool in the kitchen at about two years old. She, she's swinging on it. Told her not to swing on it. She was swinging on it. I said, don't swing on that. You're going to fall over. Oh, I, feel I heard it. She hit the deck. And I came in and I just looked at her and went, you all right? And she lay on her back and went, yep. <laughs> I shouldn't have swung on it. And like, yeah. And because of that, she has no fear. She is definitely, uh, you know, she is very forward in going and talking to people and kind of doing things. She can take her anywhere. And she's pretty cool like that. So, Parents really have ability to fuck their children up by protecting them too much. Like, yeah, that's what I mean by that. You gotta I let them. You gotta that. let them experience yeah. some stuff, man. They gotta that. do it. And I do see that as you know, in the profession that I am, I am definitely seeing that because some like my mom always would say, "I can show you better than I can tell you," and. Like sometimes you just gotta. And I was a hard headed ass kid. I was a hard headed ass kid. You're still hard headed. Uh, fuck you nigga anyway uh <laughs> like it's it's just one of those things where like some of these kids i keep telling them like especially with these young black boys i'm like y'all keep making all these excuses y'all need to take responsibility like that's it and i tell them all that mm-hmm. i'm like that's the one thing that like a lot of people get caught up in and a lot of like my generation too i won't say my generation people across the board and mm-hmm. i understand wanting to find like there's an explanation and then there's an excuse. I feel like when you have an excuse, you're not willing to take the fucking lumps that come with it. But if you have an explanation, you can be like, I did this for this reason, but if you want to react and punish me for that, I don't, I'm 100% understandable with what you got to do. Do what yeah, you got to do. Yeah, that's called growth. 
Yeah, you own it and you take the lumps. It's called growth. You learn from it. That's growth. Yeah, like yeah, you could have this previous like condition, or you were looking at it differently or wrong. But like, and tell me that for sure. But at least that makes you more human. And to just say like, look, but I was out of line. So if you got to do something, you you rarely grow from things that don't hurt a little bit at the very least. And I don't mean like really painful. I mean just like even like. Just like getting a little scratch of your arm, kind of like level. You, they have to hurt a little bit. You're not going to grow if it's easy. You if you're dodging have, things, yeah, you definitely you learn more from. You definitely learn more from your mistakes. Like, I mean, I've had to teach people how to do stuff in work who have come on board, and they're you're teaching them from scratch, and you're sitting going, "It's gonna fuck. You're gonna fuck that." <laughs> do you know what I mean? You, yeah. you gotta, you gotta, you gotta let them do it because it's not until they fuck it up they realize why they fucked it up. Yeah, but even some things that are good for you are fucking painful to do. You know what I mean? Like yeah. it's not even a mistake all the time. Sometimes, like walking away from a person you care about a lot because they're horrible for you and realizing yep. it, that's not necessarily a mistake that you're learning from. That's you realizing something and being like, "Fuck this, I'm out of here." Yeah, but it still hurts. So it's it's across the board, in my opinion. Most of the things that help you grow are going to hurt. This is this is a weird question. It's from of all people, fucking Caitlyn Jenner, who is like, oh my god, Caitlyn Jenner is the Bill Cosby of fucking trans people. Good god, she's so <laughs> fucking, she's so. Oh no, I mean like that. I don't mean like that. I don't Jesus. mean like that. But you know how Bill Cosby was. Bill Cosby back in the oh, day, Jesus that Christ. nigga was so uppity and up his own ass. You nigga yeah, should yeah, be. Yeah, yeah. You shouldn't be letting your pants sag and doing all this hippity hop. Nigga, you shouldn't yeah, be raping yeah, I people. Like, <laughs> I don't think you could tell us, Mr. Cosby. <laughs> I don't know, Mr. Huxtable. Over here raping all these goddamn women. But like, she says, like the question that she asks, I forget on who, um, some white comedians like show, she asks, when was the point you knew when you were a boy? When you were a man, that when you knew that you were the gender that you were? When did you know? I don't. I just know I'm comfortable with who I am as a person. That's it. That's my answer. It, I don't think it's. I don't think I ever went. Ah, I'm a boy. <laughs> it's not a conscious decision. Yeah, no. Made. I, I don't think anyway. No, I mean, well, I, I think there'd be something in my brain or my spirit, so to speak, that would tell me that it's something is wrong, and I don't feel that. That's that's kind of that's maybe where that comes from. I think I, it's the lack of feeling that doesn't guide me to think about it that makes me since I don't have the urge to think about it, I think I'm good with where I'm at. You know what I mean? Like I'm not questioning it. I don't have a pull in my brain to make me go, "Am I a woman?" Like that doesn't ever come up in my head. I'm going to add a caveat to the question. When did you know that you were like a man? What was that moment where you had that fucking like Tyler Perry, I'm a stand up for this woman. Like moment. Like what was that? And even if it's like has to do with a woman, like what what was like the thing that made you definitively go, I'm a fucking man now? Like what the fuck does that mean to you? I don't even think like that, dude, personally. I do have an answer for that. Go ahead. Stuart, go ahead. Hit Let's me. see what you got. Maybe maybe I can spin off Stuart. This is weird really shit, happy. right? <clears throat> so go. I'm I'm forty five, okay. Mm-hmm. And I've said this to people. The and it's not really that I realized I was a man. It's the point I realized I was a fucking grown-up was when me and my ex-wife split up mm. and we 
decided there to make it amicable and right for the children so that there was no, they didn't see us fighting. They didn't see us. We were just two people now that are friends and we had children and to make the best life that they can for them. Because my parents split up when I was very young and there was a lot of fighting and a lot of animosity and it didn't do me any favors. Like, so it was that point. So I've, I've said it a number of times in the past 12 months. At what point did I realize I was a fucking grown up? Uh, January 2023. Hmm. Because I didn't react like a fucking child and throw all my toys out of the pram. If that makes sense. No. No, that's, okay. a, that's a good answer. I got that's nothing for that, answer. dude. All I know is uh, I spend a lot of time doing introspection on myself. Uh, I try to be a better person. And I think my answer is still the sheer fact that I never questioned that I was not a man. Like the thing never came up in my mind in all that introspection and trying to be decisive in who I am, like making conscious decisions to try to be a specific way for specific reasons, because maybe something was modeled to me. Maybe something I saw made me want to do that. Maybe something in a peer group made me want to be like that like conscious decisions and questioning myself. And that has never been a question for me. Can we ask you the same question, Dylan? Uh, yeah, I, well, with me, I'm kind of in the same boat. I've never had the question. I think in a lot of me, we've hanging out with trans friends and having, you know, just non-binary friends and friends who are just whatever's and just, it depends yeah, on yeah. the day. They don't even really know, but like, it's strange. Because for me, I'm just am. And a lot of people don't have that. And I think that's when you know that you're different. I think like the moment that you realize that you're black is when somebody tells you it, you are. But I think the moment you realize that you are like, I think when you have other caveats on top of it, like being black or being like, like your sexuality is not the norm. So gay or pan or anything like that, or even asexual. When you notice that you're something different, that makes you start assessing everything else in your life. Like you're, everything else is about your identity. And you kind of just start batting down the houses, like you batting down the hatches. Like you're just, okay, I'm queer. I know that. Am I autistic? Uh, nigga, maybe. Uh, you get, are you <clears throat> like, are you, do you 100% feel like a boy? I'm like, yeah. Yeah, because like there's certain body dysmorphia that I have with myself that could be feminine or something like that. And just like I've always struggled with that. Like, no, I'm a fucking boy. I hate having this part of my body. And like to the point where I would just completely lob it off. Like if I could, it was weird. Like, mm -hmm. and I think that moment was like a very visceral. It happened at like a drag show of all places where it was, it was a drag competition. And this week the competition was. Like this, the topic was your worst fear. And I'm thinking it's going to be like some Freddy Cougar type shit. Oh no, we were getting deep. So like the host to start off the show, his was detransitioning. And I saw them like slice off their breasts. Like they had like a fake, like blood packed breast. And I'm like, holy shit. I felt that. Like, I understand what the fuck your pain is. Like, I understand what the fuck your pain is. I think in the adult sense, I don't think I'm an adult. I just think I'm a kid with a, who knows how to handle responsibility. I think I always say, I think I'm always eternally going to be 12. And I tell my kids all the time, like in class, I'm like, 
adults are kids. We're just the kids with fucking responsibilities. So I, I think what you said there is definitely one of the truths. Because um, I was talking with some clients last year at some point, and we all, I kind of went, I feel like I'm about 17 inside my head. Mm-hmm. And I was like, what age do you think you are? And we went round the room and everyone was like, 18, 19, 17, yep. 17, 18. You get to that point, you're still stupid and silly. You've just got more responsibilities and you're a little bit older. So, and you're wiser. You know, uh, yeah. But, you know, it, you know, it's that thing of you kind of look at your parents and go, fuck, my parents are real old. They must know what the crack is. And now I look back and realize that when my parents had me, they were 23. I, how the fuck? <laughs> do you know what I mean? <laughs> I wouldn't have been able to do that. No way. What are you talking about? Do you know what I mean? I would have been, they, when they had, my mum had my brother, she was 19. Jesus. I would have been an absolute basket case. Yeah, dude. At no 19 shit. with the kid and all that entails. You kind of forget that your parents were younger. And it's a weird kind of, it's, it's an interesting thought experiment to kind of go, hold on a minute. I'm, I'm not an adult. I'm 25. And you go, what age were my parents when they had me? And you realize they were two years younger than you were. And they were bringing you up and providing for you and all that shit. And you're like, what the fuck? Yeah, dude. It's kind of weird. You forget about that. Time's a weird old bitch. Mm. I see a lot with the kids and everything like that and the mentoring that I do with them. I see this generation that definitely does want to learn. And they are very much hungry for knowledge. And they're very much just trying to figure things out. And they always look towards us. For things and the thing that is so hard, it's so weird. I remember I went to this one very interesting thing. It was called American One Room, where they brought like 100 people from across America, and we all would do like these surveys online, and that's what eventually pulled us into this. And they had us come from all different types of like walk of life and backgrounds. They had young people, they had older people, and we were brought into these these groups in like 10 to 15, where they would bring up a topic brought out a bunch of facts and we would basically just speak about it. It was like a giant thought group experiment. And one of the things we got on was a topic of the environment. And there's several and like in the economy too. And us young people are saying like, you fucked us over. Well, you fucked us over. You fucked off. Like you fucked, like you keep talking about that you want more for your generations and everything like that. But in the same time, you killed our future in so many different ways. And one woman just goes, look, here's the reality. Us us adults don't really know what the fuck we're doing half the goddamn time. We're riffing. I hate to tell you, man, but most people still doing that are older than us. They're the parents that we have. It's not even us. (laughs) For the most part, it's not even us. We're in the same boat. Every generation from us down, we're all in the same boat. Motherfucker, you got a house. Shut the fuck up. Shut the fuck up. You You have a house. You own a house. Dude. Dude. You know how many people own a house? The only person in my age group who owns a house that I know is fucking Nene and my nigga Andres. Those are the only two people I know who own a fucking house. Dude, I know. Everybody I didn't own a house at your age. I didn't own a house. I had an apartment at your age. Nigga, I don't own a house. Some of age. us can't even have a goddamn apartment. I know. Some of us are just waiting for our parents to die, and then we're going to fight our siblings to see who gets the house. Dude, I had I had two jobs when I had my <laughs> apartment at your age, dude. 
I remember. You got niggas with three goddamn jobs and yeah. don't got a pot to piss in. Oh, I know. And that's the thing. It's a different dichotomy, even though it, it totally was for y'all. Like, I was talking to my kids, like, today, when we had the field trip, I'm like, look, I'm broke. So that means y'all going to be super broke. Like, I don't know what to tell y'all. Like Dude, We got screwed. So that's what I'm saying, though. We are all getting screwed right now. Like, everybody's getting screwed right now. And it's, it's a weird... The generation that is screwing us with the same people that had a living wage was like the minimum wage. And they had one job in a household. They had two cars off of one job. Mm -hmm. And we're now getting fucked. And we have people have like three, four jobs and they can't even keep like an apartment. Everybody I know has a side hustle. There are teachers that I see every day who tell me. And the sad reality of it is like I had a teacher who was about to fall out and she's pregnant. She's like, I cannot afford to go to the doctor. I'm like, why the fuck can you not? Like, that's some shit. I know you don't understand that, Mr. Universal Healthcare, but like... <laughs> he, took a, he took a shot at me last podcast, so... Yeah, don't, like, don't get me started on that absolute Even though portion. y'all... That, that little island over there, that little, that little tiny little continent of Europe is the reason why all this shit is fucked. So I just want you to know that. Did I blame y'all? <laughs> no, no, no. No, 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 they washed their hands a minute. We, we were like, we, we got really, we basically went, you puritanical crazy bastards can fuck off. And uh, you do your own shit. Thank you very much. Bye. Hey, and you unleashed the evil out into the world. And Dude, now as soon as we kicked the British out, they're just like fuck off. We're like, all right. Now look, and then it's just hey, like the, Br- the, Br- the, 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 the British fucked up my country too, so it's fine. It fucked up everybody's no, country. <laughs> I, I like it's weird too. I always say to like my little sister, I'm like, look, if and my little sister, she's white. She, I tell her like, look, look, if if niggas and every person of color disappeared, I already know who's going to be on the bottom three. It's the Irish. <laughs> it's the it's it's the Irish, it's the Jews, and the Italian. Y'all the new niggas. Oh, soon as we come leave, on. Soon as we leave. At least I'll be down at the bottom with you, Stu. <laughs> believe this or not, Stuart. At least believe this or not, Stuart. They used to call like immigrants who moved over to like yeah, the Italians from those the Italians, the Italians and the Irish and the Jews, especially the Italians, they were called niggas too. I know. Believe it or not, Frank Sinatra did not like race. The only reason why Frank Sinatra was not racist was because he was called the N-word so many different times that he was like, I know what these niggas going through. I'm one myself. <laughs> like, it's... That's crazy. It, it's, a, it's, a weird, it's a weird thing, and I think a lot of it is I do think the evil stemmed from Europe, and it spread out, and it, it fucked us up, but I think and this is what my generation really looks at hard with the patriarchal society of everything that men complain about. Oh, a woman not wanting to date me because I don't have a car or anything like that. That's a patriarchal issue because the patriarchy is what set that standard. Men not being able to express their feelings. Some douchebag who couldn't express his feelings, who was high enough and respected and revered, made that a standard Mm. everything that we look at in our history and like western society and even going way past that is all from a group of men or one man who probably did not have enough healing or understanding and lived their way like that and he was that nigga in his village or whatnot and that was the thing that they went by that was the thing, not being able to complain, not being able to have your opinion. Like, that's woman shit. Like, no. So many women are, like, we see, so many people see women as weaker, even though 
they put up with so much bullshit that we can't even fucking fathom or deal with. Uh, women, pre- women squeeze children out through their funny. Uh, it's not even that. Yeah, dude. God damn. They're weird at and pr- like they're yeah. played upon at a very early yeah. age. Yeah, absolutely. We we, yeah, I, we talked about that last week. It was like I I I despair at the world my two girls are growing up into. And it's it's a fuck thing because that's so much of like a thing and a gimmick and control. And I hate to bring up this movie because so many people get uh, like so many people had like a retrospective of it. The whole big cycle, which I hate, is uh, something comes out and people absolutely love it, and then six months later, the same accounts that were like, "This is amazing," go, "This was actually shit," right? Like they they renege on it, they go on one hundred one hundred percent eighty. But this is like Barbie. Like Barbie was that movie that showed it. And I know a lot of like a lot of women like feminists have a problem with Barbie and seeing how like of how basic it is. And I'm like, look, it's a two hour fucking movie. It wasn't going to cover all the goddamn bases, my nigga. But I really enjoyed Barbie. Uh, I'm quite happy to say that. I thought it was great. The men side of it, the men side of it was the one with Ken in them. Where Barbie yeah. was just like, you don't have to be this way. You can just be. Yeah. You are enough. And that's yeah. a patriarchal. Ken got out into the real world and saw how men were portraying themselves and the mythical man thing. Yeah. And he got wrapped up in it and because he did not fit and he thought that was going to get the thing that he wanted and it didn't. And that shattered him. And so many men are like that. They think that they have to be this way. And then when the, it all comes out in the wash and it's like, no, you could have just been your fucking self. Yeah, exactly. I'm a goofy ass nigga. I'm a fucking goofy ass nigga. If you look around my goddamn room right now, you see nothing but Oswald the Lucky Rabbits. I was gonna say Pokemon I see Oswald shit. ears right now. You see my nigga in the back? Like it, you mm-hmm. see all types of crazy shit. Mm-hmm. You gonna see all types of nerdy ass shit. But goddamn it, I get play. A nigga's <laughs> not starving. Yeah, I get I know. mine. I know. Like mm-hmm. it's you don't have to be that way. You don't have to do this macho man fucking bullshit. Like, you don't have to be this fake thing. If you just be, you are enough, nigga. You are enough. <laughs> All right, man. On that note, since I have to edit this motherfucker, mm-hmm. Stuart, ask him the question that you asked both of us last week. Oh, yeah. What's the, uh, what's the manliest thing you've done this week? One of my little brothers who I had a fallen out with came back into my life and we were trying to, we, we had a little bit of a thing where we were, after I fucked up a few years ago and we were reconnecting and he approached me again. He's like, I don't think we can, you know, link up again. And instead of me bawling or crying like a baby or anything like that, I said, look, you're going to always be my little brother in my heart, but I want you to do what's best for you. And it does hurt to not have you in my life, but that's you. I didn't stomp. I didn't cry. I didn't bitch. I didn't moan. I respected my little brother's decision as a grown-ass human being, and I let him go again. And I think that was probably the manliest thing I did this week. It's fucking solid, dude. I like that. Jalen, where can everybody find you if you want to give that out? If not... 
You don't have uh, to. I don't know about that. I don't know about this was just fucking. I'm gonna have black. I'm gonna have niggas on my ass. That's fine. You don't ass. have to say shit, dude. I can just say. No, they gonna find me anyway. They already know. They can cross reference it. People who listen to this are probably going to be well, like well, park I mean, stop people. You're basically my little brother, so it's not gonna be they, hard to figure. Know out. to find me. Like, so I'm gonna just say it now. You can find me on Twitter at TC Jalen. You guys can find me at Tom Morrow's Child on Instagram. You can find me on the E-Ticket Report. That's one of my shows. You can find me on my podcast, which is currently on hiatus. Um, a podcast for all things mostly Disney. You can find me on another podcast called Attraction Showdown. And the 27th, this is something that happens special. The 27th, me and the crew are working on a little secret project. And that's the first little teaser that we go and drop. Cool. Thanks for coming on, man. Thanks for the chat. It was interesting. I think Stuart learned a whole lot yeah, today. Definitely. That was it was really interesting. It was really fun. It was great talking to you. I will next time I'm in Florida way, I will buy you a pint, my friend. Shit, I'll bring you come down. If you go down to Bush Gardens or some shit like that, I'd bring you by the house, get my mom to make a play for you, you know. We'll do it up real big. Ooh, yeah. That yeah. sounds awesome. Real- I, you're gonna have some real nigga shit. Like it's gonna, but you gonna have some real nigga shit. You gonna, you gonna, you gonna have some good. You gonna have a good time. Don't worry. And if you got more black questions, I'm always willing. If you got more black questions, if you got you got black questions, and when you come over here and you need to have like a representative of the American. Uh, uh, Nigga, sit it down. I'm already, like I always, he is already, I'm already, he's already under the wing. I'm already, I'm already his case manager. And he, Jalen, Jalen, when he comes over again, I'll let you know so we can, you can hang yeah. out with us. All right, I'll, I'll, I'll keep all it right. in mind. All right, guys, thanks, boys. I'll see, see you next time. Bye. Catch you later, nigga. <laughs>